0: Hosts of Common Sense Investing have been helping their clients and listeners make sense of the markets for nearly three decades. Using a conservative, diversified, value-oriented approach to investing, they strive to make you a better educated, well-informed investor. And now here's your host, Eric Whiteman. These last two months have been phenomenal. We've had a January-February stock explosion, and the markets are up about 11% so far. Like I said, pretty phenomenal. According to Barron's, this was the best start to the year in the last 28 years. But it also follows one of the worst Decembers since the early 30s. If we adjust our time frame settings just a bit, we'll realize that we are still down about 5% from the start of October to now. But let's focus on the positive, being up double digits. If you invest, if you invest in stocks, you have to be an optimist. You have to believe the future is going to be brighter than the past. And I do believe that we are going to be higher on the markets by the end of the year. But first, I think we need a rest a period to consolidate and reevaluate. You know, we came into this year from a very oversold level, massive amounts. I mean, massive amounts of money, almost $50 billion in November alone. That's according to Lipper. Almost $50 billion was flowing out of the equity market into money market funds. The ETF index crowd was cutting and running instead of buying and holding. With this 11% run to the upside, we probably need a bit of a breather. It's been exhausting. A chart of the S&P 500 from early December looks exactly like the 22nd letter in the modern English alphabet, the letter V. I was talking to a technician the other day, and they don't like these V patterns. They don't like to see that 22nd letter. No, no they prefer a low that drags along the bottom for a while instead of a quick bounce back. An L-shaped recovery, the one that drags along the bottom, provides more time to shake out the weaker hands. These investors, if they're still in the market, are more likely to panic and run in any interim downturn, potentially turning it into something much deeper. They, the the technicians, would tell you that you need to be more cautious here, at least in the near term. Right now, more than 90% of the stocks in the S&P 500 are trading above their 50-day moving average versus just 5% back in January. Investment se- uh, investor sentiment, well, it's swung 180 degrees where we've gone from extreme pessimism to excessive optimism. Thank you and welcome to this edition of Common Sense Investing. I'm your host, Eric Whiteman. So glad you could join me today. Not only have we been sprinting the last couple of months, but we're starting to hit softer terrain. And what I mean by that is that we are in a soft patch uh, in the economy. I think it's a temporary one, but a soft patch nonetheless. My point to you would be, don't feel like you're missing out. Don't go chasing Focus on stocks that offer you good value and give you a margin of safety. One we talked about last week was at t symbol T. And if you recall, every once in a while, I do a segment on the show that looks at special situations. And this is exactly what it sounds like. More risk, more potential reward or potential loss too the gambling money. The last time I did one of these segments, it was suggesting that you buy Time Warner symbol TWX because it was being acquired by AT&T. TWX at the time was selling at a discount to the deal value because among other things, the government seemed opposed to it all. The government, more specifically the Justice Department, took it to court to block the merger and they lost. Then they appealed it and they lost again last week. What that means is that AT and T can go ahead and proceed with the plan to transform Warner Media into a streaming business. They say that they're going to unveil several online products by the early next year, with HBO anchoring a service that would uh, feature films and shows from the uh, Warner Brothers library. Just think, you can watch Harry Potter, Friends, Game of Tho- Thrones all in one place. This is a distinct positive for T because, frankly they have to do something to grow. What makes them attractive to an investor, what makes them attractive to me, and really the reason why someone would buy them isn't for the growth. It's for the dividend. Right now, it's yielding north of 6.5%. So think about it. You get a company that's growing to maybe 3%, but pays a 6.5% dividend on top of it, Well, I think that's a pretty solid return, all things considered. They have a solid balance sheet. The earnings are pretty darn predictable. If you're looking for an income-type investment, you might want to look here. I'm a buyer as long as it's yielding more than 6.5%. Let's step away for a minute, and when we come back, I want to give you my rules on being a better investor. This is Eric Whiteman for Common Sense Investing. We are back in a minute. You've worked hard, you've saved and invested. Now you wanna make sure all your hard work pays off. Now's the time to start planning for that future. Hi, this is Eric Whiteman of the XML Financial Group. No two people have the same goals and values we can help you craft a framework for making a lifetime of smart financial decisions that's right for you. Now's the time to get the advice you deserve. Call us at 301-770-5234. Thank you, and welcome back to this edition of Common Sense Investing. I'm your host, Eric Whiteman. If you want to learn more about us, you can visit us at our website, which is xmlfg.com. Once again, it's xmlfg.com. Every once in a while, I think it's good to spend some time on the philosophy. So today, I want to give you some rules on being a better investor. You hear me say this all the time, but rule number one is have a plan and stick with it. Have a plan, and I mean a real plan, and commit to it. If you're building a house, you get blueprints. If you decide to challenge yourself and run a marathon or a half marathon, then you would come up with a training program. And if at some point you want to retire, and I'll put retire in quotes here because retirement means so many different things now, but if you want to retire at some point, then you need a plan. The plan is the foundation. It tells you what you need to do, savings-wise, and it tells you what your investments need to do for you. Once you know this, then you can start developing your asset allocation of stocks, bonds, and cash. And if you don't need to take a lot of risk, then you shouldn't. And I'm fond of sports analogies, so I'll give you one here. If your favorite team is winning 40 to nothing in the first half, Do you think they're going to come out in the second half and start throwing Hail Mary passes? No, of course they're not. They're going to play smart. They're going to play more defense, and they're going to try not to blow it. The goal is to win the game, not to score as many points as you can. To sum it up, have a plan. Turn that invisible into the visible so you can see what you're doing. Don't guess develop a reasonable, excuse me, a reasonable asset allocation with the goal being to meet or exceed your plan with the appropriate amount of risk. Studies show you're much more likely to succeed if you have a written plan. Rule number two, value, value, value. Be value oriented. There is absolutely no doubt in my mind you should be value oriented. I believe that you should have at least half, at least half of your portfolio in value type securities. If you buy quality companies and you buy them inexpensively, then you naturally assume less risk. That doesn't mean no risk. There's always risk in investing. My point here is if you can take less risk and still get to where you want to be, well, that just sounds like good common sense to me. I tell you, the world would be a better place with more common sense in it. Rule number three, I want you to be patient. Don't expect an investment to pay off right after you buy it. Own good companies based on their fundamentals, and then you're going to have to exercise patience. I know it's a virtue that not all of us possess, but try. Rule number four, know your limits. You know, Albert Einstein said, if you can't explain it to a six-year-old, then you probably don't understand it yourself. If you're managing your own portfolio, it's important to know what you're good at and what you're not good at, what you understand and what you don't understand. If you really know what you own and why you own it by doing your research, you always have to do your own research. It'll give you the conviction you'll need when the market's correct and people start to panic and act irrationally. Don't ever feel bad about sitting out on something that you don't understand. Getting outside your circle of competency is not always such a great idea. Rule number five, don't want you to trade. No trading. There are a lot of new investors out there who trade stocks back and forth, taking small profits here and there, but any experienced investor knows the futility of it. When you're trading in and out, you need to look at the cost, the cost of commissions, the fees, the taxes, but most importantly, it's the missed opportunities. You spend a great deal of time researching a great company and then you buy it. Well, then you turn around and sell it because you made a quick profit. Well, now what? It's hard to find great companies that are trading inexpensively. Rule number six, be cheap. Be proud. Usually when someone says so-and-so is cheap, it's with a bad connotation. When it comes to the market, I think it's a badge of honor. I'm cheap. There's nothing wrong with being cheap in the stock market. You want to figure out what a company's worth and then buy it for less than that. I will say that you want to give yourself an ample margin of safety in case your calculations are wrong or your expectations for the future of the business are incorrect. Simply put, you're trying to buy a dollar for 70 cents. Rule number seven, don't get caught up in short-term price movements. This kind of ties into some of the other ones here. Here's an example. Pepsi. Pepsi may go up a couple of dollars one day and down a couple of dollars the next day. The chances are that Pepsi didn't sell more Pepsi one day and less the next day, no. Long-term, real wealth is created by latching on to great businesses run by good, honest managers who act like owners. Those managers who make the right asset allocation decisions, who grow the dividends, and who grow the value of the business over the long-term. Your focus should be on the long-term. Rule number eight, don't go chasing yield, especially in this environment. In my 20-year career, some of the biggest screw-ups I've seen have come from chasing yield, investors who bought what they didn't understand. If something is yielding twice as much as everything else, well, then you need to be careful. If there's some sort of bond fund and everyone is paying 2%, and this bond fund is paying four or 5%, well, those folks probably aren't twice as smart as everybody else. Maybe they're using leverage. Maybe they're taking more risk. If everyone's fishing out of a 2% pond and someone's pulling out four percenters, well, you have to take a close look. Rule number nine, look at what you have now. You should review your portfolio and your financial plan and pay attention to the poor performers. There are plenty of investors who've had a tendency to sell their winners and hold on to their losers and ultimately they end up with a big ball of yuck. They're holding on to all their losers because they didn't want it didn't want to accept losses. No, I'm not going to take a loss. I'm going to wait till it gets back to even and then I'll get out of it. Well, you should be doing just the opposite you should be looking to exit your losers and holding on to your winners. Rule number 10, remember the real rules to investing. According to Warren Buffett, rule number one is don't lose money. Rule number two, don't forget rule number one. That's about all we have time for today. We'll be back next Wednesday. And Until then, remember, it's just as important to protect your assets as it is to grow them. Okay. You've listened to the show. Now it's time for the really good stuff. So listen up. It's the disclosures. The things I talked about during the show. Well, They're just my opinion and may or may not necessarily be those of the XML financial group. Don't construe this as personalized advice or a solicitation to buy or sell a security. No, no. You should consult your own financial advisor to see if it's appropriate for you. It's also not a substitute for tax or legal advice. I'd suggest you get someone who's qualified in these areas so you can get the advice you deserve. When you're talking about asset allocation, diversification,